Vandersloot gives it up. Parker to tie. You got it. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! DeRozan to win it! No! DeMore! DeRozan delivers! Anderson hits it in the end right! Back at the wall and the White Sox win it! What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Today is opening week. It is currently Saturday, or is it Sunday? I think it's Saturday, April 2nd. I hope everybody had a great April Fool's Day. Uh, As being someone who's in the sports world and covering sports, April Fool's is literally the worst day ever for me because you got LeBron James posting about, you know, not playing the rest of the season. You got a bunch of trades, fake trades going on, fake injuries, fake rumors. Um, the one I hated the most, so Colin Kaepernick just got a three-year, $28 million deal, and you just look at it, and it's like, I literally, I don't, nobody, nobody in the world is going to fall for that, but nonetheless, it is opening week. The Chicago Cubs will be playing in just five days. The Chicago White Sox will be without Tim Anderson for a two-game suspension, if I'm not mistaken, um, for something that happened last season, which is utterly ridiculous i still don't understand everything that went down when what transpired with that so free free ta free timmy um but at the end of the day we're gonna have a great show for you guys today we're talking about demar Derozan's 50 burger to 50 piece against the los angeles clippers newly with paul george returning to the lineup still no Kawhi leonard what we're hearing right now is that if anything it would be after the play-in uh to when we would see Kawhi leonard possibly returning to the los angeles clippers and if that is the case That is very interesting. The Lakers are officially, but not officially, out of the playoffs. There's no shot they're making it. Um, You know, LeBron James is back. You know, Anthony Davis is back, but a little too late. Russell Westbrook is still there. A lot of issues going on there. So there's a lot going on that we need to cover today. We're going to be covering the Blackhawks. Congratulations to Captain Sirius. Congratulations, Jonathan Taze, on his 1,000th career game. 
Congratulations to the captain. Happy that every single one of those games has been as a Chicago Blackhawk. But how much longer will he be a Chicago Blackhawk is the question that we're going to have today. What should the Blackhawks do? What does their situation look like? And the Chicago White Sox actually did make a trade on April Fool's Day, uh, which sucked because I was one of the first people to see it. And I was I refused to, to, to share it until I got a, a Ken Rosenthal type stamp on it or something like that, because I, I refused. I refused to look at it and be like, you know, this is legitimate. It's April Fool's Day. No way. They just traded Craig Krimble uh, for um, Pollock. And, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. The Dodgers, could they potentially be one of the greatest teams ever assembled this year? Four, uh, four MVPs. Seven to nine All-Stars. I mean, we're talking how many Hall of Famers on this squad. Dave Roberts just got extended three years. Um, so I'm really curious to see how this team is going to align up. And, and I really do think that if healthy, this team can go the distance. I mean, it, it, I mean, isn't that the expectation? But let's let's start off with the Chicago Bulls. On March 31st, Thursday, played against the 37 and 40 Los Angeles Clippers and won in overtime, 135 to 130. Patrick Williams had an amazing game, had a clutch three. He had 10 points, 12 rebounds, and zero assists in only 37 minutes. That's a double-double for Patrick Williams. That's desperately what we needed. Nikola Vucevic needs that help. Obviously, Tristan Thompson needs that help, and a lot of other guys. You know, we're just not that big. We're just not that big, and having him as a big part of this offense is huge, especially a big part of this defense uh, on top of that. So offensive rebounds are great. You know, defensive presence is there, and he's honestly shooting the lights out. That wrist looks great. You know, Alex Caruso, another guy with his wrist, looks great. Everything's going well with Caruso. He had 7-7-3 seven, seven, and three in 33 minutes. Um, but the defensive presence was definitely felt. It was definitely there, so I'm excited about that. Um, Nikola Vucevic, you know, 22 points, 14 rebounds, and one assist in 40 minutes. Zach Levine, 21 points, five assists, and four rebounds in 41 minutes. Um, and, you know, obviously we can go down the line. Kobe White had 11 points. Javante Green had two. Tristan Thompson had four. Ayo DeSumo had eight, two, and two. Um, I mean, it's, it's just not a, it's not a huge stat line for the entire team. But, man, this is where the big one comes. DeMar DeRozan with the 50-burger. 43 minutes, 50 points, six assists, and five rebounds. If that doesn't scream DMVP, if that doesn't scream MVP chance to you, I don't know what does, um, especially in a season like this where the Bulls are currently three games out of first place. They're currently sitting fifth. A lot of people think, oh, well, they dropped. They're the fifth seed. Now it's not really that big of a fucking difference whatsoever. I mean, we're looking at the standings right now. Tonight they play the Miami Heat, who are currently in first at 49 and 28. Second place is the Milwaukee Bucks at 48 and 29. Third, the Boston Celtics jumped all the way up from the dead. They are at 48 and 30. The Boston Celtics, or the, pardon me, the Philadelphia 76ers with James Harden are 47 and 30. And the Chicago Bulls are 45 and 32. The Raptors, Cavs, Nets, Hawks, and Hornets follow after that all the way down to the 10th seed. But with that being said, what does that mean for the Chicago Bulls in this final stretch of the season? They have next up, the, the this is rough. This is rough to even say. The Miami Heat the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, all in a row that are the top three seeds in the East. And then you have the Charlotte Hornets, who I believe are at 9 or 10. And then you have the Minnesota Timberwolves, who they're a very interesting team. I think they're very close to finding themselves and finding what they want to do. Um, I'm very curious to see what direction they go when it comes to D'Angelo Russell. Do they trust him in being the future? Or are they going to do something in free agency, possibly trying to reunite with someone like Zach Levine? I'm very curious to see what happens. But with that being said, let's kick it off. DeMar DeRozan, real MVP or not? I would love to see what you guys have to say in the comments. How do you feel about DeMar DeRozan, you know, being the MVP, uh, at, least in the, in, at least in the conversation? Obviously, like for me right now, 
there are three players I say are the MVPs of the league. And obviously Jokic is, is there, you know, the reigning MVP right now, Joel Embiid remaining healthy the rest of the season was the only question mark to me is whether he could be an MVP or not. Cause we all know he can be. Um, so the biggest thing for me is, can you just stay healthy? And he's, he's done that. Um, and number three, and this one shocks a lot of people is Devin Booker. I think I, I love John Morant. I love everything everybody else is doing, but if you didn't know, you know, they, they are the first seed in the West and the last time, Somebody was putting up over 25 points, five rebounds, and five assists, and led their team to the first seed. Every single one of those players won MVP, including Derrick Rose. So it, it comes down to it to me to where Devin Booker is just completely getting ignored, completely getting disrespected, even with Chris Paul out for several weeks, still managed to do his thing, even with DeAndre Aiden not playing like a, a typical big man. Um, I love DeAndre Aiden. I just feel like sometimes I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? But Comes down to it to me where Devin Booker deserves all the spotlight right now. He deserves all the praise. But DeMar DeRozan's in that conversation 110%. Obviously, there's been a lot of times where DeMar has taken a shot and missed or, you know, he's been a big part of this offense or he hasn't. And, and it comes down to it to where more times than not, you can count on DeMar DeRozan. I think this Bulls team is nowhere close to where they are without him. Um, I love Zach Levine, but when we're going we're gonna to be talking about this in a couple weeks now um, after the playoffs, you know, what are we going to be talking about him when it comes to the Supermax, when it comes to a max contract? I'm very curious to see what happens with that and if it's worth giving him that amount of money. Because here's the thing, when you go from an all-star season and then you transition that into the following year when you get all this help, obviously your numbers are going to change. But the problem for me was more so when Lonzo went down, when Caruso went down, when DeMar went down with COVID, when Vooch went down. All these individuals went down, and I did not once see, you know, Zach Levine consistently enough having 30 to 35-plus points per game. That's where I need him to step up. DeMar DeRozan obviously is doing that, and obviously you're not going to ask DeMar to take a step back if he's throwing up 50 points per game, but it comes down to at the end of the day that throughout the last 33 games, if I'm not mistaken, DeMar's scoring over 30 points per game, and that's huge. That's huge for everybody. Uh, my biggest thing right now and what's pissing me off, though, is – they're supposed to be the Slash Brothers. You know, they, they both slasher, the most slashers, obviously. Um, and just like the Splash Brothers over in Golden State with Clay and, and Curry, which is a whole conversation its own with Jordan Poole, um, conversation for a different day. It, it just comes down to it to the, me at the end of the day to where I don't know how to exactly look at Zach Levine right now. Who's the leader of this team? Obviously, it should be Zach Levine, pardon me. Um, but it, it's turning into DeMar DeRozan. And I think, you know, DeMar goes about it the right way. He says, you know, I don't even want them to run this offense through me. I want them to run it through Vooch because this offense flows so much better when Vooch is on top. So we should do it that way. Or we should get it through Zach. We should get it through Io. We should get it through Caruso. So on and so forth. Kobe, Pat. Lewis goes on. Um, and I love that. My thing with Zach is just he's so passive. I, I, I feel like you know, defensively, he's been great. I feel like defensively, he's really been top notch and he's really not been that liability that he was earlier on in his career and more so that every other MVP candidate in this league pretty much is uh, outside of a few names like Joel Embiid. Um, but it, it comes down to it to me. When I really look at what this team can be when it comes to the playoffs, I don't know. I, I, I think we really need Lonzo back really bad. And obviously that's a conversation for another day, but what this means for the Bulls to be able to score 50 points from DeMar DeRozan alone, I think that's the boost of energy that they really needed. I think that's 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 exactly what this team needed at this point in time because at the end of the day, you know, the only way to spark your team is to spark yourself. And, and if you can't get this team to come together and win a championship, 
do it yourself. We've seen LeBron James do it. We've seen Dwayne Wade do it. We've seen Dirk do it. We've seen many other teams do it. We saw Jimmy Butler do it in the finals in 2022 or 2020, pardon me, in the bubble. You know, there's a lot of teams that through one guy can can help elevate everybody else in the room. So getting Lonzo Ball back, Billy Donovan has a lot to offer with bringing Lonzo Ball. And DeMar DeRozan being as hot as he is right now, I'm super excited to see how that's going to continue to transpire. Um, and if he can carry that momentum into the playoffs, because obviously everybody always shits on DeMar saying he chokes in the playoffs. Um, when that's just simply not the case. Like, I'm going to be honest, as an unbiased Bulls fan, I always like DeMar and I always like Kyle Lowry. And, and it just comes down at the end of the day to where, oh, well, they could never win in the East without Kawhi. And it's like, dude, the only time they would lose is against LeBron James. And that's LeBron James with you know, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. That's LeBron James with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and Ray Allen, so on and so forth. That's LeBron James with Shaquille O'Neal. That's LeBron James with this, this, and that. Like, it, it comes down to it. I know that Shaquille one was a stretch, but it, it, he still he was still there. He was still present. So it comes down to it at the end of the day to me where it's like, I don't think they choked. They just got outplayed and outcoached. And honestly, it's to one of the greatest players of all time, whether you think it's him or you think it's not. Um it, it, it comes after it, though, to, to where there's my guy, Dustin Reese. Hey, that's my boy. That's my boy. We're starting a new show. Can't wait to kick it off. It is going to be awesome. Um, You know, it's going to be – we're going to get into this in a little bit. We're going to get into this in a little bit. Dustin, stay here. Stay in the chat. Can't wait to talk about it. Um, But we have a new show coming up. Minor League Baseball is coming to 1252. Dustin and I are going to be co-hosting it, so I'm very excited about it. Um, And, and it is definitely going to be something special, something I, I don't think anybody's ever seen before. Um, we're covering everything from single A ball all the way to triple A, all the way to the bigs, uh, international ball, rookie ball. It, it's super exciting. So um, beyond the farm, whatever. I forget the exact name. I've been up since 4 a.m. So pardon me, but I'm super excited about it. It's going to be dope. Tuesday, we're kicking off at 1 p.m. Central time. Definitely be on the lookout for that. We're going to be posting about it very shortly. Um, maybe most likely Sunday we'll have, we'll have the poster up for it on, on the 1252 website on Facebook. So definitely check that out. We will get after that. Dustin is one of the greatest people. I know one of the most, you know, intelligent guys when it comes to sports, he is the stat guy. Uh, it was, it was a blessing to meet him through the ASAP network. So shout out Dustin, um, for being a part of this show. And, and I'm really excited about that, but, but back to what we're talking about, you know, these next three games are going to be pitiful. And, and I mean that in a, in a negative way. I do. I, I don't expect you know, us to win these three games, but I, I, I want to, I want to see a fight. I want to see a close game because that's going to speak volumes to what it's going to be like when Lonzo ball eventually gets back. Um, and if he eventually gets back, we know he's having this setback right now. I'm looking into it right now on my phone. So bear with me while I look at this, but you know, I, I just, I haven't seen anything Chicago bulls to restart Lonzo balls, knee rehab, hopeful he'll play this season that was two days ago from ESPN so we're gonna see what we have with that we're gonna see what we have I'm hopeful I'm I'm praying um one of the biggest things about getting Lonzo Ball really was that we have we had an understanding um that you know getting him in I'm not saying he's Derrick Rose I'm not saying it's anything similar to that but having those muscular issues you know th those tears those muscle tears and it's, it's something you understand that that's going to happen to him at some point during the season it's just been throughout his entire career whether that was with the Los Angeles Lakers whether that was with the New Orleans Pelicans that's who he's been um so we knew that going into it that there you know there was a chance Lonzo went down but the upside of it is what were we eight and one you know when when this team was fully healthy and and you know first in the east at all-star break like that's that's what it comes down to at the end of the day now we can obviously hang on 
um, with Ayo DeSumo and Kobe White, but how far can you do that? How far can you trust guys like Kobe White, Alex Caruso, Ayo DeSumo, and many others? You know, it's not that you shouldn't have to rely on them. Um, you can, but you shouldn't have to. Like, that's, that's what it comes down to. Um, but, you know, with that being said, these next three games are going to be pitiful. Or I'm, I'm not saying the right word. I don't know what's wrong with me today, guys, but it, it's, it, it's going to be big. It's going to be a big test for us because – Obviously, one, two, and three all in a row in top of the East. We are at five. We're just a few games from dropping into the play-in, though. So it, the the East is deep, man, and it's deep. And I don't want to end up in the play-in because, honestly, that's one of the situations I fear the most because I believe we'd have to play the Nets. And that is not something I want to see because especially with Ben Simmons potentially coming back, um, that's terrifying. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, they are real. I don't, I don't care how anybody feels about Kyrie Irving. Um, I love the guy and I, I truly do feel like, you know, they have a great shot at winning a championship this year. So I would hate to have to play them in the play in or even the first round. But with that being said, we got some, we got some conversations we got to have. We got some conversations. This is, this is some deep shit. This is something I've been waiting for, for a very long time right now. Um, one of my biggest things for the Chicago White Sox moving forward, you know, w- what are you planning on? What, what, what is the main goal? Are you waiting for Cespedes? Are you waiting for, you know, um, Jared Kelly and others to come up. What is the main goal? Now, obviously, they brought in great, great relievers. You know, obviously, you know, the, the unfortunate news, um, Garrett Crochet is is going to be missing the 2022 season and probably the 2023 season. He just got diagnosed with Tommy John um, and prayers up to him because I love the guy. He reminded me a lot of Randy Johnson with that leg kick, and it's one of those situations to where, you know, However you feel about the Chicago White Sox, it, 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 they're a great team, man. And, and it's really unfortunate to see that. So for me, one of the biggest things is, you know, what are you going to do now that Garrett isn't going to be a part of the starting rotation or the bullpen? You know, you lose Carlos Rodon, and, and there's so much other question marks with Dallas Keuchel and, and obviously Lucas Giolito and his future with the team, with the contract issues. There's a lot that goes on, you know what is it? Reinsdorf's taking him to court. It's a whole fucking thing. It's fucking insane. My guy, Harry, one of the biggest White Sox fans on 1252, you know, I love him so much. and I, I want to see this team successful, but the biggest problem to me is, you know, you bring in Kendall Graveman from Houston and that's perfectly fine. You bring in Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly is my favorite reliever in the league. Hands down. I love Joe Kelly ever since the fucking face. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. And now that Carlos Correa is going to be a part of the Detroit uh, Tigers, you know, they're in the same division. I can't fucking wait. It's going to be exciting. Javier Baez is there. Um, You know, it's going to be really interesting. Tempers are going to be flying. So I'm excited to see what Joe Kelly brings to the Chicago White Sox. But, you know, you you also have Foster. You also have, uh, obviously, Liam Hendricks. You trade Craig Kimball on April Fool's Day, which fucked my life up for AJ Pollock of the of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, Craig Kimball is going to the Dodgers. He is a Hall of Famer without a question. And, and it's just going to be one of those situations though. What did you get in return? And I think, you know, obviously the Pollock trade or the Craig Kimball trade for Luke, um Nick Madrigal, that that was fine. Um and obviously you know, everybody and their mom understood that the Chicago Cubs wanted Garrett Crochet, you know, or Nick Madrigal. They preferred Crochet. Um, so I'm perfectly fine with how that turned out. But we're going to get into what happened with uh, Nick Madrigal the other day in a little bit. But let's talk about AJ and what that does for the right field position for the Chicago White Sox. Last year, you know, he had a 3.1 war. He had 384 at-bats, 114 hits, 21 home runs, and a 297 batting average. I mean, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful for what it is. That's what exactly what this team needs. 
um, 69 RBIs, nine stolen bases. It, it comes down to it to where, for me at least, you know, what does this team need right now? What is the big issue? And I think they solved the big part of that because as much as I love Andrew Vaughn, you know, great, great outfielder. He did his thing. That's not his natural position. Everybody knows he's a first baseman or even a DH, and they're just trying to buy their time for Jose Abreu and see what happens with that, um, which is a good problem to have. It really is. But you, Jose just won an MVP. You can't. He's the leader of this ball club. You, you just can't kick him. You know what I mean? You can't make him a DH over Andrew. Like, it, it comes down to it to where you have to respect what you have. That's like that's like if we had Frank Schwindel playing over Anthony Rizzo. I'm not saying that those, you know, Frank Schwindel and, and – uh, Andrew Vaughn are anywhere near the same. They're not, but it just comes down to it to where you have to respect that. So it's nice to have Andrew in this lineup, but definitely at right field, it, he played well, but it's not what I'd want as a lockdown everyday right fielder. He could definitely be your fourth outfielder, 100%. You have Eli Jimenez, you have Luis Robert, who won a gold glove his rookie year and honestly could be one of the best players in the league when healthy. Uh, that's another issue, just like Lonzo Ball, you understand getting this kid internationally, one of his main issues is he cannot remain healthy. But Right now, from the Chicago White Sox, I'm really excited to see, what, you know, especially with Michael Kopech, what's going to happen with him. Um, because this bullpen is deep. This bullpen is solid. I, I think even without Craig, they're going to do amazing things. And this lineup, you know, we're looking at it right now. Um, obviously, you know, first base of Brayu, you have Andrew Vaughn. You know, those that, that's your, really your depth. You have Eloy, Robert, um, Pollock, and, and a couple other guys. You know, obviously you have um, you know, you're Leroy and, and a bunch of other cats out there that are doing their thing, Adam Engel, but it, it's not the main guys, but you have Tim Anderson, Yoan Mankata, Yasmani Grandal. They're all still doing their thing. You added a new second baseman. It's not an answer, but it's not a problem. Um, I still like them to address that a little bit more. I wanted them to be fully in, fully, I'll say it again, fully in on Trevor's story because <laughs> Like it, it comes down to it to where you're just not helping yourself. You're not helping yourself get better. Jerry put together a great team. All these guys are on cheap deals, and we're gonna have that conversation about how cheap these deals are. Like it's criminal on how cheap Luis Robert, um, Eloy, and and uh, many other guys on this ball club are. But you know, you had the money to get Max Scherzer. You had the money to get all these other great guys, Grossman, and, and the list goes on and on. Barrios. I mean, you could have done that. And instead, you're banking on Dallas Keuchel, who looked like absolute dog shit, who's continuing to look like dog shit throughout free agency. Uh, not free agency, spring training, pardon me. And, and it's one of those situations to where it's like this starting rotation is a huge question mark because here's my unbiased take on all of them. Dylan Cease, I love. I just think what you need from Dylan is a couple more innings. You know, he's given you three to four at best. You can get him anywhere from five to six. I think you're in a great point. You don't even need that at this point, though, because of how deep the bullpen is. But in a, in a playoff atmosphere in October, it's going to matter and it's going to catch up. So I love what I'm seeing from Dylan. I think he's going to be great. He's just inconsistent, um, especially with his innings. How many innings can he eat? That's a big problem. Lucas Giolito, one minute he's a Cy Young candidate. The next minute he's one of the worst pitchers in the league. And, and that's one of my biggest problems with Lucas. And it's, it's the ego thing. And it's like, I understand you know how good you are, but I need you to perform like you're as good as you are. Um, and that's my biggest thing with Lucas Giolito right now. Dallas Keuchel. Fuck. Like that's, that's, it's going to need to be a big turnaround for 2022 because I, I think they should have, you know, designated him for assignment because I mean, 20 something million dollars to not even be on the playoff roster, not even be on the taxi squad of the playoff roster for the team that you used to play for that, you know, in and out, that's fucking bad. That's fucking bad. One of your highest paid players on the team, aside from uh Gasmani Grandal, that's bad. And, and that needs to change. You cannot have that look that you cannot have that fly. 
Um, but with that being said, you know, the rest of this roster, Michael Kopech, you know, he had Tommy John surgery. He had issues. Um, he still has issues, you know, whether, and this is all spec, but it, it's a reality of the situation in 2020, he had the mental health issues. He had a lot going on in his personal life. Then he has the physical issues. And it's just like, can you rely on him every single day to be at his best? Not to be there. He's obviously going to be there, but can he be at his best? Can he be in the moment or is he going to be, you know, either lingering injuries or, you know, in his mind, or does he have other things that factor into his life that, that are messing with him right now? Um, but I'm not going to get into any man's personal life. That's, that's a whole different conversation for a different day. Um, and that's only something he can talk about. I can't speak for him on that. But with that being said, you know, really your only lock-in guy to me on this rotation is, is Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, obviously a Cy Young candidate, amazing at what he does. Um, but it, it comes down to it at the end of the day to where you have to be able to believe in these guys. And, and Lance Lynn right now is screaming how good they're going to be. Crochet, yes. Charlie Weber, my guy, former player of the Chicago Blues, one of the best lacrosse teams in the state, baby. Uh, yeah, Crochet is having Tommy John surgery, which is really unfortunate. Um, and you hate to see it. And, and it's one of those things where it, it's inevitable. It's inevitable to me because the White Sox are a sorry ass pitching organization. And, and, and before you hear my uh, bias, obviously I got the Rizzo stuff. Obviously I got everything and why I'm biased, but it being completely honest, you, you saw what happened with Michael. You saw what happened with Michael Kopech and, and you saw, you know, okay, maybe we shouldn't let these guys pump, you know, a hundred plus miles per hour as a starter. And then you did it with Garrett. And then you put him in the bullpen, which was fine, but it's still the understanding, blues for life, baby. But, um, you know, it's the understanding that, you know, you shouldn't have these guys doing that all the time because Garrett has the stuff. Garrett can pitch very well, and so can Michael, and they can pitch lights out. You don't need these guys to pump 105 every single time. Like, that's – I love the Tennessee Volunteers, but we got a freshman right now that, you know, we're just looking at right now, and he's pumping 105, and I'm like, yo, maybe we relax on that a little bit. Ben is a dog, but at the end of the day – um, you know, we need this guy come playoffs. We need college playoffs, college world series. You're going to need to be here. So I don't need you to blow out your arm. And that's one of my biggest problems with crochet is like, I get that, you know, you want this guy to be the best he can be, but you also want this guy to be available. The best ability is availability. And these guys aren't available. You know what I mean? So you just have to look at it from that perspective. Charlie, my boy, thank you for being here. Sox just spent the wrong spots the last few years, it seems. And, and yeah, that's, that's honestly what it comes down to. And, and I know Charlie, you know, he follows it just as well as I do. And it's one of those things where it's like, you understand Robert is locked up on a very cheap deal. Eloy, yo, Yohan Mankata and many other guys on this team, the young guys are locked up on these deals. And I give Rick Hahn all the credit in the world. I am not dissing Rick Hahn whatsoever. He's done an amazing job with this rebuild. He still has Jared Kelly. He still has uh, Cespedes and many other guys that are going to be coming up soon that I'm really excited to see. Um, you still have the Yerminator. You still have a bunch of guys, Jake Berger, the, you know, the list goes on and on, um, of great prospects they have down there and they have a great team up here. Now, the problem is the Reinsdorfs. The problem is Jerry. You know, the problem is you had enough money for two max contracts the last three to four years. You know, it started in 2018. You know, you could have got Bryce Harper. You could have got, you know, Manny Machado. You could have got, uh, Mike Trout at some point. And I understand those are huge deals. And you also traded Fernando Tatis Jr. That one's on Han. My bad. I had to bring it up. Uh, but he's making a lot of money, so I understand it. But for to not go after Gossman, to not go after Barrios or Clayton Kershaw, to let Rodon walk. And I understand the injury issues in the past. It's definitely something you have to you know take into account. Not to go after Trevor Bauer. Not to go after all these other guys to make your ball club better. And just hope that Han can make trades and fleece for guys like Pollock and fleece for guys um, you know, like Craig Kimball and 
Who else? Um, obviously Lance Lynn. I don't know how I left off Lance Lynn, but they literally gave off Lance Lynn for Dan Dunning. And it's one of those situations to where it's like, the fuck, like what's Dan Dunning doing nowadays? But um, that's no shot at Dan. It's just like what Lance was at the time. It's like, you got to make moves. You got to make moves. And Dallas, Dallas was a move. Don't get me wrong. You know, obviously Yasmani Grandal was a move and, you know, but Yasmani, it's fine if you're batting 153. Um, but it, it comes down to it to where he's going to have that second half resurgence, but Dallas, n- not at all. So you have to designate him for assignment and you have to go after guys, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Trevor Bauer situation with the Dodgers. Cause he was cleared, but he's not cleared. It's like a whole thing. Um, but if he ends up being a free agent, if he gets designated for assignment or he's on the trade block, they should make a fucking move for Trevor Bauer. I don't care how you feel about him. The guy is free. The guy is not going to court or anything like that. You need to make a move because all the other pitching, you know, free agents are gone. I mean, I understand how they feel, but my biggest thing right now is, you know, when I heard Chicago got Marcus Stroman, I did not think it was the Chicago Cubs that got Marcus Stroman. I thought the White Sox did it, and I thought it was a great move. When the Cubs did it, I was like, you know, obviously the Cubs fan, I said, that's fucking amazing. That's fucking great. I love everything about that. But why? Why Why didn't the White Sox make the same offer? Why didn't the White Sox try to make this move? If you can have a rotation, now think about it. You can bring both of these guys back. On top of that, you can bring in Marcus Stroman. You could have Lance Lynn, Marcus Stroman, Lucas Giolito, uh, Carlos Rodon, and Dylan Cease. Then you have Michael Kopech and Garrett Crochet. If he doesn't go down, you have uh, Graveman. You have, obviously, uh, Krimbrell and... and um, Hendricks and Foster and the list goes on and on of great guys in this bullpen. Joe Kelly, you know, it's just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You didn't spend it on a top notch, you know, shortstop or a top notch second baseman like Trevor Story or the list goes on and on. You know, you didn't get Castellanos. You didn't get Chris Bryant. You didn't get any of these guys, Javier Baez, Carlos Correa, the list goes on. But it comes down to it to where you're looking at, you know, you know, now you're looking at Tony LaRusso and you're looking at Dirk Khan and you're like, all right, time for the World Series. And it's like, no, you took a step back, if anything. And I, I compare it to the 2015 Cubs. And I'll compare it like this for this reason. The 2015 Cubs met expectations. And here's the problem and here's the main difference. The main difference is how ready are these Chicago White Sox players? Because in 2020, you got bounced by the A's in 20 in the first round. Uh, that, I believe that was a wild card. And then 2022, pardon me, 2021, you get bounced again. I believe, what was this, the first round? It wasn't the wild card. I believe it was the first round by the Houston Astros. That one's respectable. The A's was like, what the fuck? But it comes down to it to where it's like, you have not left the first round of any playoff series you've ever been a part of. You have not won a playoff series. The difference with the Cubs in 2015 is they came in, won in the wild card, won in the division round. Won, uh, then they went to the conference championship. Obviously, they lost in four. They got swept by the Mets, but they gained that experience. Going into next year, they bring back Dexter Fowler. They bring back Carl, uh, Hector Rondon. Um, you know, you're bringing in people, you're bringing in Ben Zobers, you're bringing in Jason Hayward, you're bringing in John Lackey, you're bringing in and trading for a Aroldis Chapman. And, and the Aroldis Chapman trade was huge, but the signings were the biggest part of that. That's the biggest part. That's the key factor that you need to look at. So right now, instead of bringing in people or bringing back people, you're letting people walk. And, and that's the biggest issue to me. And you're keeping the people that should walk. That's the biggest problem. You're you're losing Carlos and you're keeping Dallas. That to me is like, hey, I'll bite the bullet. I'll bite the bullet 100. percent If Car- if Dallas Keuchel wins the fucking side on this year, I'll bite the bullet. But as of right now, it, it is dog shit. It is awful. And, and I love Dallas and I love him as a person and I love him as a player. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like fuck. Like help help me help you if I'm Rick Hunt. Like you got to tell Jerry that. 
But the White Sox, to me, with A.J. Pollock, it's going to help a lot. It's going to be huge. Um, Obviously, they have the amount of talent to put 10-plus runs on a board, 5-plus a a day. Um, And and I truly do believe guys like, you know, obviously Andrew Vaughn and others are going to take that big leap going into the next game. But, you know, what are we talking about? When you have all the money in the world to bring in, you could bring in both Nick Castellanos and Chris Bryant. You can bring in Max Scherzer and Nick Castellanos. You can do – you know, Trevor Story and, and Castellanos and Trevor Story and so on and so forth. And you could we could do this all day. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that not only did you do nothing as an owner, you know, to be able to say, hey, here's the money that I want you to go out and get. But you expected him to make the roster better when you weren't willing to pay these guys to begin with. That's fucking insane. And, and hey, all power to him. If Cespedes turns up and, and is one of the greatest players to ever wear a White Sox jersey, that's perfectly fine. You know, if Jared Kelly comes up and he wins a Cy Young in his first few years, that's, hey, all power to you. But you're in win-now mode. You're in year three and you haven't won a playoff series. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. But I still think the White Sox are going to be doing amazing things. They have a great squad. Um, I just wish, you know, they would help themselves the way teams like the Blue Jays have helped themselves. You know, you're bringing in Gossman. You're bringing in Matt Chapman. You're bringing in all these individuals. You Sure, you lose Simeon. But you brought in a lot of people to be able to fix that. You still have top prospects. You still have Bichette, Vladdy, Springer. The list goes on and on. Barrios you brought back as well. Gossman and Barrios and Ryu are all in the same rotation. I have the Blue Jays winning the World Series. That's just me personally, um, if everybody remains healthy. But to me, it's going to come down to that. Now, we're going to go to the north side, my side. I love the Chicago Cubs. But what a fucking day. First, we find out, you know, Nick Madrigal is, you know, he has leg fatigue. So he missed the last one of the last games of spring training. Uh, Seiya Suzuki just hit his second home run of spring training. I love Seiya Suzuki. He's doing amazing things. Um, can't wait to see him ball out. Brennan Davis is balling out. Ed Howard's balling out. Pete Crow Armstrong's balling out. However, Wade Miley is now on the injury list. Something pretty serious. I believe he had inflammation or something going on with his elbow or his arm. Um, really unfortunate. We've lost him now. We've lost a lot of guys, uh, due to injury. Ian Happ's on his way back. David Bodie's on his way back. We have a lot of guys that are just getting banged up. So what does this mean for the Chicago Cubs? Uh, what this means to me is we're sitting somewhere right now between 69 to 75 wins. I think that's where the Chicago Cubs are. I think 69 would be the worst. Um, and 75 is kind of your, okay, you know, we're satisfied with this, but for me right now, it it comes down to it to where the biggest thing I took away was Kyle Hendricks just got named the opening day starter. And I have a problem with it. I have a problem with it for a couple of reasons, a few reasons. I think there's bias there from David Ross. Uh, I love David. I, I love everything he's doing. I believe in the extension. I believe in having him a part of this organization. Uh, until he proves to me another reason to why he shouldn't be, I think he's the guy. Um, the problem with that is that him and Kyle are boys. Him and, him and obviously Rizzo, Brian Baez, Kyle Hayward, Contreras, they're all guys. They're, they're, they won a World Series together. They've been teammates together. You know, Grandpa Rossi's final tour. It was amazing. The problem with that is, is why is Kyle the opening day starter when Marcus Stroman has been playing amazing? You know, when Keegan Thompson has been – obviously Keegan Thompson is not going to be the opening day starter, but there's a bunch of guys who have been doing very, very well. Obviously, Ethan Roberts is someone to me who belongs on this roster. He's been a part of the show a couple of times. If you haven't checked that out, go on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify right now and check out Mike on the Mic Podcast. You can find that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you can find it. Apple, obviously, any of your streaming platforms, an interview with Ethan Roberts. We were one of the first to interview him 
Super excited about that. Can't wait to see what my brother has in, uh, in store. Amazing game the other day. Brennan Davis and many others. You can find great interviews from them. Cole Franklin, Patrick Wisdom, the list goes on. Um, but back to the point is it's just like, what the fuck are we talking about? Kyle's looked awful for at least, you know, since since the, the quarantine season, since the 2020 season. So I don't understand how he gets the opening day start over Marcus Stroman. I understand you've been a part of this organization a very long time, but that creates a toxic culture of, oh, well, he's been here longer, so we're going to give it to him. Like, no, fuck that. If Marcus is better, let Marcus go. And, and that's just the reality of the situation. Now, if Kyle fixes his shit, Kyle's obviously one of the aces on this team, but I still don't think he's better than Marcus Stroman when it's all said and done. You know, what Marcus is, is willing to give us, what Marcus is willing to – become and i mean that's just that's just how i feel about it right now and i think there's going to be a lot of situations where we're going to have these conversations and we're going to say you know how do we truly feel about this team and, and what do we see the direction of it going um but i i really do think at the end of the day like how good is this team going to be it's only going to be as good as we want to take it and, and i think you know it starts off with being real with ourselves you know we understood all right javi's playing like shit we got, we're not, we're not extending out. You know, Chris has been injured. It happens. You know, obviously Riz is getting older, but for Kyle to still be the opening day starter, I hope my guy Dustin's in here. Dustin, if you're in here, chime in on how you feel about, um, about, um, what, what was I about to say? I'm sorry. Uh, about Kyle Hendricks starting on opening day. You know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, does he deserve it? Like, do, are we being real right now? Does he deserve it? Obviously, Everett Alzali is out. Obviously, a bunch of other guys, Justin Steele, are trying to step up and be that guy. Hopefully, Braylon Marquez remains healthy. Marquez, pardon me. Um, but it comes down to it to where between Marcus and Kyle, I'm giving it to Marcus. 100, 110%. I mean, until proven otherwise, Kyle, to me, is, is a 2-3 guy in a rotation right now. And, and maybe even a 4 if he continues to struggle. I love Kyle. I'm not going to forget about the Cy Young candidacy. And, and what he was willing to bring, you know, in 2016 and, and, and on. But the last couple of years, going into this year as well, this would be the third year of him struggling. It, it's just been tough. It's just been tough. But, um, you know, that, that's really just how I feel. Opening week, it's going to be great. I just got my tickets for the Jackie Robinson game. If you want to check myself, Jeremiah, Pop Rocky, and a couple other Chicago Cubs fan favorites uh, at that game, definitely check it out. Uh, Jeremiah and I are good friends, so hopefully I'll be able to see him. Jeremiah, if you're listening, I love you, baby. Um, but you know, he is the PA, PA announcer of the Chicago Cubs, and I will be at as many games as possible just to hear that man's voice because I've been listening to it since 2014 uh, when he announced all our games at, in high school. But you know, my biggest thing and my biggest flaw right now with the Chicago Cubs is is just where we're going and and in what direction this team wants to go in. You do you want to hold on to 2020 or 2016? Or do we want to get better? You know, obviously Wilson Contreras has been adamant about, you know, understanding he's not going to be a part of this organization much longer, um, whether that's going to happen or not. And that's going to transpire. Who knows? It's, uh, but, you know, are you going to hold down to 2016 and extend him for five years of over $100 million when he's over the age of 30 and he, he hasn't been healthy since 2017, 2018? Like that's that's fucking that's a problem. That's a problem. Jason Hayward, are you going to fucking start him in right field this year? I don't think you should. I don't care how much he's making. Bite that bullet, have him on the bench, be a leader of the team, be the fourth outfielder, and give these young guys like Brennan Davis and others some reps. Clint Frazier, let's see what we have with that. Let's do something. Ian Happ, this is your this is your final go. You know, you were 2017. I have no attachment to Ian Happ. I love Ian as a guy. I love him as a person and what he gives back to the community and his podcasting game is fire. Um, but the fuck, like if you guys can't ball out, then we can find people who can. And to me, one of the biggest things is like, 
what are we going to be doing to get better? What are we going to be doing to be able to establish this and be able to get everything rolling? But, you know, with that being said, I'm really excited about opening day against the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm really excited to see Christian Yelich. I will be at Wrigley Field tomorrow morning uh, just because I work there. But I'm really excited to see the field. I'm really excited to be in the atmosphere again. Baseball, didn't know when the next time we were going to get it back, so I'm never going to take it for granted again. But our final topic of the night, the Chicago Blackhawks. Jonathan Taze, congratulations, Captain Sirius. A three-time Stanley Cup champion, one of the most MVP snub players ever because I feel like he brings so much more to a team than simply just stats. And he does bring stats, um, you know, obviously throughout the injuries, throughout the battles, throughout the, you know, um, autoimmune disease and so much more. Johnny's been fighting the last couple of years. Um, so a thousand career games with the Chicago Blackhawks organization, he will forever be a legend and forever be one of those guys I'm grateful for growing up watching. Uh, you know, Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, you know, the list goes on and on of guys. Andrew Shaw was always my personal favorite. Brandon Saad, the list goes on. Um, it's just been a complete honor to be able to see these guys ball out and, and do their thing for a long period of time. And unfortunately, what I'm about to say does not translate to that because I'm going to make this very quick, very brief, and then I got to get out of here. It's going to be a very shorter episode today. I love y'all. I want to spend time with y'all, but I do got to go pick up some stuff for work. But it just comes down to it to where like I said, with the Cubs, you just can't live in the past. And and you got to give Johnny another shot at a cup. You got to send Tanner, you got to send Kaner either to Buffalo so he can go home or you can send him to a contender. Debrinkit, it's one of those guys where I feel like it's just wrong place, wrong time. Um, if Panarin was still here, I'd say run it with those two and they're your future. You could extend both of them the same amount of years you extended Johnny and, and, T- and uh, Kaner. Um, but, you know, you really just don't know what you have until you have it. And it's one of those things where – you know, Crow is gone. Dunk is gone. Seabrook is gone. All these guys, Quinville's gone. Everybody's gone. Stan Bowman is spinning around in his chair, doesn't know what the fuck's going on. We're having a new coach every single season. I think we just need to start this from scratch. I like Doc. I like the Brinkett. I like a couple other guys on this team. Obviously, they just traded away one of the best goalies in the league uh, to the Minnesota Wild, which hurt my heart to see that happen. Um, but it, it comes down to at the end of the day, you know, Flurry, congratulations. You know, I hope you win a cup. It, I mean, he deserved better, but I think it's time for the Chicago Blackhawks to just move on and, and do their thing somewhere else. But a rebuild's coming, and, and that's really all I have for you guys today. But with that being said, thank you guys for always listening. Thank you guys for always tuning in and being a part of this. I'm sorry I had to cut this one a little bit shorter than normal. Um, we will be back next Saturday and on the morning show on Tuesday, Dustin Reese and myself from the ASAP network, Dustin Reese will be here. We are going to do from the farm. We are talking about everything. Like I said earlier from international baseball, uh, we have rookie ball all the way from single A to triple A covering every single minor league team in the MLB, MILB, um, I'm super excited about it. It's something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Dustin and I have been speaking about it for a while. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace. God bless and have an amazing week and stay safe. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! The Rose in. 
Anderson hits it in the air to right, back at the wall. 